Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! So this week I'm diving outside the box, jumping outside the box, climbing outside the box. I'm outside the box this week. I've got Carolyn Greer. Not that she is outside the box, but the, you know, my, my podcast is niche, or as the Jewish people would say, niche. Uh, they don't actually say that, but uh, it's very niche. You know, it's for Texas theater educators, but there's a former Texas theater educator, still a theater educator, uh, that I trust very much, Tress Curzum, who's been on here, I think, twice now, I think. And she reached out and said, hey, girl, hey, um, I have some recommendations on some people I want you, uh, or I think that you would enjoy talking to, not that I want you to. She knows these people, so I don't know why she would need to hear them more. But she thinks that, and she's right, she thinks that the world would benefit from hearing about their story, their journey, which is what this podcast is about. And there is a podcast out there, Thed Talks, that does kind of what I did this week. But I'm also going to trust the people that tell me, hey, have these people on because they're probably going to benefit the world of Texas theater education in some way. And bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Carolyn Greer is that person. So she is a Kentucky teacher. She's been in, she's been teaching in Kentucky for a long time. Uh, and is from Georgia. So she's got uh, the Georgia, we talked Georgia thespians because that's a big kind of, you know, a fun rival for Texas thespians. And then we talked Kentucky theater too. And there are a lot of takeaways from this. It's a lot of things, you know, that I, I, I tried very hard. When you try your best and you, I tried very hard to gear the questions towards answers and, and, and topics that the Texas theater education community would want to hear and maybe benefit from. So you will find that it, it is rather thematic in the way that I ask questions, but I did that because of you, because of you. Okay. I'm looking I'm at you. Okay. Not you, not, no, 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 you. Okay. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what this conversation is about. And I had a good one. I mean, it was quite a long one as you, as you see, because you can see how, how long the podcast is. So I had a great conversation with Carolyn. Uh, happy to have her on. Happy to have more people on. Uh, in the upcoming weeks, I've got Scott Vernon, uh, Davina, Ginger, Adrian, L, and then uh, Texas Thespians. <laughs> Texas Thespians, the registration closes this coming week, this coming week, this coming so I hope people are getting on that. I, I, you know, I, we're trying to get our kids to pay just like everybody else right now and get that check in so that we're all kosher. We are going to Dallas grapevine, uh, not to San Antonio. I am, I personally don't want to take my kids to San Antonio because I personally, uh, a don't want to police them on the river walk and B, don't want to miss out on the river walk. So there's that. The other thing is, is uh, T-Tech um, is coming up not too far uh, from now. And so registration is open for that. And we are plugging along for T-Tech. You know, you just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Speaking of, nice transition, Blake. Thank you. Speaking of, trans, uh, I mean, uh, 
transitioning, not speaking of transitioning, speaking of, uh, of, of, of going from one place to the next this week, I went, uh, in, in two days, I went to four different schools to help with lighting issues and all four schools had unique issues. All four schools, I hope were given a solution. One was unfortunately in a bad position where they're going to have a lot more work to be done to their school that I can't do. And it has to do with power. I don't deal with, you know, the, that kind of power. I deal with power, but not that kind of power. I've got the power. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was, it's all, it was a mess, but I noticed something about all four of the schools, the theme that ran through all four schools. And that is that people that think they know what we want are making those decisions. And we talked about this. If you listen to the tech theater educator episode, then you'll hear us talking to this ad nauseum and but it's true. Four different schools and people making decisions that aren't the theater teachers, that aren't the professionals. And it's funny, I started thinking about, you know, uh, would they do that? Would they like would they do that with math? You know? Would they do that with science? Would they do that with a chemistry teacher? Would they say, Hey, we're gonna tell you what you need in your chem lab? Um and good luck mixing those liquids together and not blowing things up. Hashtag John Witten Leger, right? Come on, guys. You guys remember that, you HSPVA grads. Not, I actually, I would like to know if any HSPVA grads listen to this. I don't think there, near one HSPVA grad listens to this. If you do, hit me, slide into my DMs. Mm, HSPVA. Anyway, but, uh, if you know the John Whitlager reference too, that that would be crazy. But um, I wonder if they would make those decisions for chemistry teachers, like they do for theater teachers, going in and saying this is how tall this should be, or how what color curtains you should have, or the type of lights you should have, and all that kind of stuff, without consulting the person you hired to do the job. Uh, I also noticed another thing. I'm not going to name where it was, but I may or may not have gone to a junior high and saw everything that made my wife quit, uh, at, at a junior high. It wasn't the junior high she quit from, but Avi, (laughs) I would, I would, I would blast, put them on blast. But I went to a junior high and while I was there witnessed horrible behavior and chalk it up to what you want to chalk it up to, whether it be, uh, you know, losing pretty much two years of social, and emotional intelligence development whatever, uh, or bad parenting or just kids, uh, regressing in their ability to have cognitive reasoning. Uh, but I witnessed so much, uh, so much discipline, uh, or lack of discipline in this one school. And it was a school that typically had a pretty good reputation of having great uh, disciplined kids, and now they're not. They're just not. It and and there are people out there, you know who you are that are that are going to ask about demographics. It was all colors of the rainbow, bruh. Like it wasn't any anything specific, any one specific. It was all the kids, um, and it was it was crazy to watch. It was a like 
a literal madhouse of kids just thinking that they have the right to talk to adults a certain way, um, lack of respect. Uh, I saw fights break. I mean, I was there for 45 minutes of, of, of school, maybe not even, I don't think. And, uh, did most of my work. I was scared to get on the ladder that I was helping, uh, to focus lights with because I was afraid some, not intentionally that a kid was going to run into the ladder and knock me off, but because of just how little control they had of their bodies and, uh, wherewithal of what was happening around them. And it was just insane. It was absolutely insane. And I came home and I told my wife, I told Jennifer, my wife, uh, you know, I totally understand. I get it. I could not do that. I could barely handle watching it for, you know, half an hour or so, 45 minutes, let alone live that for nine months. And to those middle school teachers, man, whatever. I'm sorry I went on a rant, but uh, you're going to enjoy this chizat with Carolyn Greer. It was a lot of fun. It was great getting to know her. I hope I get to see her at some point down the line, meet her in person. But uh, follow me on Twitter, friend me on Facebook, like the podcast, all that stuff. Enjoy this week's chat. Have a great week, everyone. The best way to say um, my theater journey started, there's a joke in my family that when I was three years old, if I said the blessing, I expected everyone to applaud. And um, I, you know, I don't recall that, but it doesn't surprise me remembering myself as a child. Um, so I think when I was young, I always thought that I was going to be a performer. And I thought, you know, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity to do theater in my community um, as a child. So I did one or two things, but never had a big experience with it really until I hit high school. And for me, that meant sophomore, back in the day, um, it was my sophomore years when I went to high school. I did a junior high, you know, senior high kind of thing. Um, and I had even decided that I probably wasn't going to major in theater. When I was in middle school, I thought about becoming a psychologist, which, you know, is kind of ironic um, considering what we do as theater educators. Um, but I... Um, I got into high school and our theater program, I grew up in Georgia and I went to Morrow High School in Morrow, Georgia, which is just south of Atlanta. And I, um, I, I got into this program that was just fantastic. And I had a high school theater teacher, Mary Crock, and her husband, Paul, who was so supportive. And they have, they have been a driving force in my life since I was 14 years old. And, um, they really encouraged me and it was through that program, um, through troop three, one, um, one, five, three, three, thespian troop one, five, three, three. Um, you know, I found, I, I found my way. I didn't get cast in a show and I was devastated, but I was asked to be the assistant director. And back in the day, you know, teachers could leave and kids could run stuff. So my teacher was in grad school. And so she would have to leave rehearsals early and, and I was in charge. And I realized that I loved that. I loved directing and people listened and, and took my ideas. And that's when I knew I wanted to be a theater educator. Uh, that was sort of my junior year in high school is when I realized that that was what I was supposed to do. I wasn't a strong actor. I knew I wasn't a strong actor. Um, and I was okay with that because I was, I realized at that point that I could look at something and see something to help tell a story. 
that maybe I couldn't perform it myself, but I could, you know, take that story. So I went to college in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, it was Gainesville Community College and Grinnell College at the time. It was a joint program, the Gainesville Theater Alliance. And um, Ed Cabell was the head of this department. And he was this, and he still is, I assume, this energetic um, ball of fire that just made you want to grow and made you want to be a stronger educator or actor or technician. Um, and I came into that program knowing I was a theater ed major. And at the time, there were no other theater education majors in our school program. So um, I was very confusing by my junior and senior year for the education department and for the theater department. Um, what made my life lucky was the head of the education department was this amazing man named Bill Ware, who was married to a high school theater teacher named Pam Ware in Gainesville, Georgia. And so I did my student teaching with Pam. And because Bill understood high school theater, he really helped me find courses and, and help me schedule in a way that worked best for me. Because the theater department really had a hard time. Why aren't you doing a senior directing project? Well, I just did student teaching and I directed a show. So having someone with that understanding made it, made it so much easier for me. Um, and at the time, they dropped the major for many, many years after that because they were like, we don't know what to do with anybody. But it's now back. And I'm so glad to know that Georgia, you know, Gainesville, Georgia and Brunel University have that program back and it's going. Um, my first job as an educator was actually in a community theater here in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. It's what brought me here to be the youth director for Theater Workshop of Owensboro Community Theater. And I worked here for three years and ended up getting a job offer in, back in Georgia through Paul and Mary Crock, my high school theater teacher and her husband, to teach at Forest Park High School, which was another school um, in the same community where I grew up. And moved back there with a husband, had two children, two girls that we raised there. Um, and I taught there for six years and then ended up coming back to Kentucky. And I have been at Owensboro High School as the theater teacher for 25 years. So this is year 31 of teaching, year 35 of directing. Um, man, I sound old. Um, and I haven't regretted it a single day. Oh, so you you have you have uh, staked your claim, if you will. <laughs> I have, yeah. Wow. Well, the funny thing is, is that we're the um, our theater program is the Rose Curtain Players, and we are about to have our 100th anniversary. Wow. Um, we are the first high school in Kentucky to have a theater program, and so I always tell my students, "Yes, I haven't been here the whole time. Yeah. You know, I've been here 25, but I've built. I really feel fortunate that I've been." Um, you know, I'm the longest running teacher right. in the theater program at Owensboro High School over the past 100 years. Wow. Um, so I'm really, I'm proud of that and the work that we've created. Are you alone? I am. Wow. I do have a, um, I work with a visual arts teacher on our tech class. We, we do that together. And then of course, the music director of our musicals is our choir teacher, but I am a one woman theater program. Wow. I teach full-time theater and have for over 20 years. Do you still stay active in, in with the community theater that kind of brought you there? Um, from time to time. Okay. Uh, in the summer, I'll help them. During the school year, I just don't have time. 
Um, all of my, I have three children and all of my children came up through, through that community theater. Um, all three were active in theater. Two of them still are. Um, they're all in education. <laughs> so um, I, from time to time, um, I'm very grateful for the theater workshop of Owensboro uh, for bringing me here so long ago. Um, but it's time is limited. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. You, so you, you well, you piqued my interest because you said you have two girls and now you have three kids. I'm assuming two girls and a boy now. Two right? girls and a boy. Okay. Cause I have two girls and, uh, I, I have just recently informed my wife that she is now on duty for the oldest one. Cause she's starting to, uh, she's 10. So she's hitting oh. the, the certain thresholds, if you will, will be polite yes. on that. So I'm, I'm moving on to the six year old. So good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I have, um, two daughters. One is 28 and she, um, teaches, theater at our community college and also is the um, marketing director for a performing arts center here in town. And then my middle is a special um, education teacher. She's actually a behavior specialist at one of the elementary schools, my daughter, Bree. And then my son Tucker is 22. He just graduated from college and is now teaching middle school theater in um, St. Charles, Missouri. So we're all, all educators. As a, as a, parent and maybe even educators that kind of your proudest accomplishment to have educators you know follow you in your footsteps hands down yeah. I mean I'm one of those very um gushy parents yeah. um it's sort of the the three of them and me where it's us against the world and um I I always knew that all of them went the path that I expected, you know, my oldest one with theater, my youngest one with theater and my, my middle one with special education, because at a young age, um, she had the empathy that it took. So I, you know, I'm incredibly proud, um, of all of their paths. Um, to me, that's, that's the greatest thing that I could give to this world is those three young people who are making, a difference in their area. And, you know, it's it's just really cool to watch. And that's what you're going to find out is that each, each phase, even though there are some awful phases (laughs) and I'll be the first one to admit that each phase is really cool. And now to have, I always raised them with the idea that I am not your friend. I am not your friend because friends let you get away with things and I'm not your friend. Um, but now I'm at a place where they are, they are dear companions to me, not just my children. And that's cool. That's really, really great. And then to be able to share the things that I love with all three of them is really fantastic. This is, this is, um, not personal, but I guess very individual to you because you've, you, you kind of went through a, we'll say loosely developed theater education program in college mm-hmm. and did your daughter, did your oldest daughter also do the same thing or did she do a different? No, she actually, um, she actually majored in theater performance and technical theater. Okay. Um, so she double majored at Marshall university Oh yeah. and, um, and then did a few years in New York. Okay. Decided that was not her bag, came back here and then, 
is now working on her master's and that allows her to teach at our community college. Got it. Um, so she took a different path than, than I did. I never wanted to be a performance major. Right. Um, now my son, my youngest, he actually, he, this is why we know Tress okay. uh, is because of my son. Um, he just graduated from SIUE, Got Southern it. Illinois in Edwardsville uh, with God bless Tress. Um, and she's, ama- she's amazing. Yeah. She's just incredible. And, and what she does made a huge difference in my son's life. He double major in performance and education and he graduated in four years. He was really lucky because usually it takes five. Um, and she helped him find his first job and she's the one that really encouraged him to, to take that route. So he did the traditional theater education route doing his student teaching, um, and that whole process, but hadn't expected to actually get a job this year. And then all of a sudden there was a job. Oh, there, there are hundreds in Texas. So (laughs) (laughs) I've heard, (laughs) yeah, we, we could use them. Uh, yeah, we miss Tress here. Um, a long story short, not to bore anybody that's listening, not that this is live. I always talk like it's live. Um, but uh, my my wife took Tress's spot when Tress left uh, her last Texas teaching job. Um, so anyway, that's that's uh, that's how that's how I'm connected to Tress. But I met her when she was pregnant with her second child. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, but well, yeah, we, we met Tress the the. Once Tucker had decided he was going to attend SIUE, they had just brought Tress in as an adjunct mm-hmm. to work with theater education. I think we were the first people that, you know, sat down and poor son who's thinking I'm majoring in theater ed and my mother's a theater teacher. And of course, Tress and I knew a lot of the same people. Yeah. <laughs> so that first meeting was more of us chatting, but um, she has just been such a force for theater education and for all of the kids, not just my own. Um, but it's just, it's really great to see SIUE making such yeah. um, a difference in finding this path in, because so many schools don't, yeah. so many colleges, we, I think we have one school in Kentucky that offers the theater education degree. Oh, do you know what school that is? Thomas Moore. Oh, okay. I believe, um, okay. has the, you know, some, you can get a certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah but not a degree. Right. Yeah. That's that's common here too. Yeah. Which is crazy. It is crazy. And, uh, like we just did, uh, our Texas theater educator, uh, one of our main conferences was this past week and, uh, Texas tech was there and they are trying to be the first Texas university to have a tech theater educator, uh, course or a, a degree plan. That's um, awesome. We don't have one in Texas. I don't know of too many that exist that are that are non-conservatory based. Right. Um, but anyway, that's you know that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I do find it kind of fun that Texas Tech is trying to be the tech theater program, but whatever. Uh, I'm sure they know that too. <laughs> so <laughs> they can you, market it that way. Yeah, exactly. That's easy marketing. So you grew up in Georgia. Uh-huh. Um, was. I know that there is a lot of, there's like a friendly rivalry between Georgia thespians and Texas thespians. Now uh, there is. Yes. Was that, was that a thing uh, when you were in school? Okay. When, when I was in, uh, when I was in high school, I think, and I went to, you know, Georgia thespian conference, Thescon is what they call it. Now when we went, there were seven or 800 people, yeah. you know, and now Georgia and Texas are gigantic. Um, so 
when I was growing up, there was not that rivalry. Um, Now, of course, I'm the chapter director for Kentucky Thespians. So, um, you know, we all know each other's rivalries and we, you know, support and and respect all the other chapter directors. And um, Amy's incredible and Paul Hampton from Georgia. They're they're both fantastic. How big is the Kentucky Thespian? You're tiny. Actually, we're not tiny anymore. We we went from uh, small to medium to small. So I'm (laughs) I'm happy that we've jumped up. We have about 500 at our festival. Okay. So comparatively, we're minuscule next to Texas. Um, I've been to your festival once, and that is. wild come back um, it, was, it was fun if if it wasn't right after a show this year i would be yeah. jumping on the, the opportunity to come back because i really enjoyed it i had a great time i adjudicated scholarships and okay. taught workshops yeah i mean it's uh i don't know if you know this but it's grown to be two festivals now yeah yes yeah. yes that's yeah. great yeah so anyway I, you know it's it is crazy but um growing up in georgia like is there something that Georgia so I, I just curious curiosity mm-hmm. curiously want to know uh Georgia high school theater mm-hmm. Kentucky high school theater and then kind of compared to what I know best and that is Texas high school theater sure. yeah, are yeah. there uh are there major differences for instance one act play is a major difference I'm so assuming we have lots of similarities too is different because I, I went to high school in Georgia and then I taught in Georgia for six years. So there are, there are two completely different organizations in Georgia and there are in Kentucky too, but in Georgia you have the, um, you have the Kentucky high school athletic association, not Kentucky, the Georgia high school athletic association. And they had one act and literary competitions through Georgia High School Theater Association. Then there was Georgia Theater Conference, which fed to the Southeastern Theater Conference. Actually, there were three. And then there was Thespians. So in Georgia, you had, you know, you you kind of pick and show, you know, pick and choose. But of course, all the schools want you to do the athletic one, you know, through the athletics because it, you know, just sounds better. Um, So there were three different ones. Now, while I was teaching there, when I was a student, we participated in Thespians, um, every year. And then we would do the Georgia high school athletic association, one act competition, um, which was a regional or a district. And then you go to state and da, 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 da. Um, but that's where it ended. Once you got to state, if you want state, great, you were done. Um, which was different than, um, you know, Georgia theater conference and all those. So Kentucky has two organizations. We have the Kentucky thespian society, which is, our organization that I'm, I'm chapter director for, which is not competitive per se, other than thespies um, and for chapter select to bring a show to the international thespian festival, but it's not competitive. Then we have the Kentucky theater association, which has different divisions. There's a high school, a community theater and a college. And that is a competitive organization. Um, that's the, if you make it to state, you win, if you win, in the top two at state, you move on to the Southeastern Theater Conference. But once you get to the Southeastern Theater Conference, that's where it ends. Um, you can you can win SETC and then you're done. Um, there's nothing that moves on further than that. Um, but not everybody, I realize how many times I'm saying, um, and I'm not going to let any of my students listen to this recording. Oh, and all it's, my friends who know me. That, too, it's actually not bad. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm saying, um, after every word. You're not. Uh, 
See, it's here better, I go. It's better than saying, know what I mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to definitely try not to say that. So with our state, we're sort of a divided state. There are a few schools that can, that attend both or, events that participate in one act and come to thespians, but there's a lot that don't, that they pick one or the other. Um, I am doing both this year. So, you know, there are challenges in that as well, but based on what I know or what I've been told about Texas, and again, this is all hearsay. um, You all are much stricter in terms of what, set pieces and props and things that they, am, am I correct on oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you, we are, you are very limited. Whereas we are not, we can bring, we have to, everything has to fit in a 10 by 10 square yeah. to go to KTA. Thespians, we don't care. <laughs> you know, we bring what you want to bring. Um, so it's just a little, you know, it's not as rigid, right. I would say. Yeah. We used to, um, you know, the rules are kind of fluid. Uh, they're always changing uh, from year to year. There are different rules. And, you know, teachers, some teachers pride themselves on that rule was written because of this show that I did years ago, which, like, I, I have a rule in the rule book because of me. Uh, you know, it's not named after the teacher, which I think would be kind of funny if it was. But, um, but yeah, it is, it is rather strict. Uh, but there are ways to get around some of those rules, there are loopholes for some of them, but anyway, <laughs> we, you know, that's a whole, you all even have like a list of plays you can choose from, right? Like that's, you have. Yeah. And that's a whole, that's, that's a whole, again, like I said, before we started recording, I didn't grow up in the system. So my opinion on things is much different than others. And, uh, and I've beaten this horse to death, but I, I understand and appreciate what the contest has done for mm-hmm. our state and for theater teachers around the state. And the fact that practically every high school has a theater program can be contributed to right. or attributed to uh, one act play, but it's get it's dated now there. It's time to change some of these rules that were implemented uh, literally a hundred years ago when it started that are still around, uh, that we can change, you know, anyway. Do you find that, um, look, all theater teachers are under pressure. Yeah. We all work too hard. You know, we all, it was just, it, it's in our blood. Yeah. But do you find that the, the one act puts undue pressure on theater teachers to a degree? So it puts it Is on. Is ones that aren't successful? So, okay. Th- yeah. Okay, so how long do you have? Don't you have to be done at three? Anyway, so... <laughs> so, so, uh, so uh, the answer is yes. I mean, you know, you could argue that that we do that, whether it's a show we're doing on campus or a competitive show, you know, uh, we do that to ourselves. Like I used to kind of get, even though I completely understand theater, I used to get annoyed with my wife because she is a very much work harder, not smarter. And I'm the opposite. I'm the work smarter, not harder type of person. Um, and so with one, cause she's a theater teacher too, or was, she just left the business. But, um, 
with one act, yes, it becomes very stressful, especially if that is not necessarily your focus. Like, I loved putting on beautiful shows on campus. Mm-hmm. I didn't care at all if my competitive show... I, I just didn't want to embarrass myself. It wasn't. It wasn't about making the most gorgeous piece of art on stage. I just didn't want to be embarrassed. And sure. I always achieved that goal. Um, so the pressure on me was a lot less than some other people, but some people, yeah, they put a lot of pressure on themselves, um, because they're competitive. I was never raised in a competitive environment. So. I, yeah, it, it's really funny because we, I have, my program has been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been success. We've been very successful over the years. Um, you know, we've come home with some plastic, some hardware. Um, and so I think people just assume that that is like competition is my thing. And it really isn't. I, I am, I am all about telling the story and you can remember to tell the story. And so I'm a lot like you in that I would much rather focus on what I'm, what I'm doing at home. Yeah when I'm, you know, what production. So we have the week before competition, we have a completely different show. We're doing much ado about nothing in my advanced theater class. And then literally five days later is competition. And it's a lot of the same kids, but one is not, you know, competition is not more important to me. Um, And I, it's been five years since I competed. So I don't compete every year. Um, I did for a while and I just felt like it was draining financially. It was draining emotionally. Um, it was a lot of pressure on my students and it was consuming half of my budget. Right. So do you guys, do you receive stipends? I, I do. Yes. Okay. Do you have a, so you don't have a stipend related to competing or, or. Do yeah. You, I just okay. have a, a, a stipend for being a theater, the okay. theater teacher. Okay, because there are because it's district to district in our state. So the district I'm sitting in currently, and I teach at a private school now. I taught eleven years in public school, but um, but the district I was in, for most of my time uh, in public school, the stipend was not necessarily related to one act play, but it was one of those like we highly encourage, (laughs) you know. Anyway, so I'm fortunate. I'm really, really fortunate. We have a very um, fine arts focused yeah. school system. Um, we're public school, um, Owensboro Public Schools, but we have a real strong fine arts focus. Yeah. And even with that, I've never been pressured to compete. I've never been pressured to, you know, pursue one thing or, or another because we're, we're trying to just produce good work and create good human yeah. beings. Um, and so that has always been the major focus of what we do. Um, they've, you know, it's always been great when we came home with a trophy to put in the case. Sure. That's, that's lovely. Um, but it's never been mandatory. And I think I, I do it every few years just to give students this experience. Right. Um, and it's been, like I said, this is, it's five years now and I'm going to have this, you know, we're going to do region competition. We're going to run five for chapter select um, just so that these kids can have the experience, but I'm two and a half years away from retirement. Right. So, you know, someone else may come in here and do something completely different and that's totally cool. You know, um, competition is, it's 
It's a great experience when you have good adjudicators. It's fantastic. When you don't have good adjudicators, it's horrid. Yep. And do, do and, your, are your adjudicators uh, made up of former or current or professionals, um, uh, you know, like they're professionals there that they usually get them from other States okay. or they'll get them from professional companies here. Um, and then when you go to the South, Southeastern theater conference, often it's colleges or, or theater directors from other States right. and some States don't quite understand yeah. our States yeah. or the Southeastern States. And we've had that experience before of having some really harsh judges. Yeah. Um, and usually, I mean, it was so funny because you would tell your students, they're like, well, we're, we're going to get verbally adjudicated in front of everybody, right? So sure, yes, but it's going to be okay. They're very supportive. They're very encouraging. And you froze again. I, I'm here. I heard you the whole time. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just making sure. Um, and then the one time that you've encouraged these children and said, don't worry, we're going to, they're always very, their criticism is, 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 is appropriate, but it's kind right. to then be ripped apart yep. and every, and watch every school being ripped apart. That is, that's not educational theater. No. And that is where I, I don't think you have to do it every year Yeah, because nobody wants to watch plays in someone else's brain. Do, do you guys do a, a, a performance after you're quote eliminated or quote, you know, done with the contest? Do you, will you guys go off to your home campuses and do mm -hmm. a public performance? Yeah, we will. Um, usually we'll perform it in, in advance. Okay. This time we can't because we're, <laughs> there's too many things going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, usually we will perform it at home. So family and friends can come and see yeah. it because it, you know, I ask because like, competition show. yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, one of the, the, the carrots that you can hold in front of that horse is to say, hey, listen to this person giving us notes. Whether they understand it or not, there may be a nugget that we can grab from these notes that we can apply to this public Absolutely. performance, you know. And nine times out of ten. They're great. They're great. Yeah. I mean, even it's constructive yeah. and it makes sense and it applies. Or I have a reason to say to the kids that I don't agree with that and here's why. Yeah. And it is, it's just like, you know, competing in thespies. It, the adjudication is just wonderful feedback to, to assist you. Right. It's not about showcasing. It's not about winning. It's about growing. And I, and I love, I love, I love getting critiques. I love having people come in um, because I'm still growing as an educator and as a director. And so I love that, but I don't, two things I don't love. I don't love it when they just give you all positive. Because that doesn't help you. What what good does that do you? Right. And I don't like it when it's all, um, they didn't like the director's vision. Right. Well, okay, that's fine. You don't have to like my vision, but you have to respect what my students are doing. Acknowledge their work. Right. And and having been, I, I have adjudicated um, in several states. You know, I I know the difficulty. I know the challenge. But I also know there's a balance and you need the balance, right. you know. So 
I only compete every five years or so. Because <laughs> uh, that's you're going to make a lot of people angry without not angry literally, but you know, like Texans are like, man, I'd love to be able to compete every couple of years or every other year yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing is that you, you all, your competition is so tied to your whole school yeah. and your whole, your state and your community and your, you know, it is, it is so in tightly interwoven um, that I understand, mm-hmm. you know, I understand then why you have to be that way. We don't. Um, my football coach comes and sees my shows because he enjoys theater, right. not because he's coming to make sure that our show is going to be decent so that it can win points to help. And that's okay. Every state is different and every you know organization is different. And that is something that Texas drove. And you're right. You have more theater educators and kids are getting those opportunities because of one act yeah. that others, but it ha- had that been like that in our state, maybe we would have more people teaching theater in our state. Yeah. So you know, every state is different, but it works for their state. Right. And, you know, I respect, I have a dear friend who's a, a theater teacher in Texas. I have several friends who are theater teachers in Texas. And, you know, I'm happy that, that one act does happen because they have jobs potentially yeah. because of it. Um, I don't think I would enjoy the pressure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would enjoy um, that. And, you know, maybe it would be different if I lived there and that was part of my culture. Um, but it's not. Well, speaking of culture, I, I had to look up where Owensboro was uh, <laughs> on a map. That's kind of what I've been glancing at here. And I've noticed quite a few things. One, you, it looks like you're a hop, skip, and a jump away from Evansville. Yep. Um, I 30 minutes. Know that. that's, that's something that's difficult for many Texans to grasp as well, is that you can get to another state within 30, 45 minutes. I can get to another state in five Okay. Yeah, it's actually right, literally down the, the road. Yeah. 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 So, so Evans for us, 30, but... like it takes me five minutes to get to Starbucks. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I that that's an envious thing, and and I and I said earlier, you know, my connection to Kentucky is that I I did have an address for a while and an account at U.S. Bank. Um, <laughs> That makes uh, it legit. Yeah, right. That yeah, but I I was in Covington for two different summers, um, and again Covington, probably similar to Owensboro is is sometimes can you know if you say Covington to somebody you just say ah it's Cincinnati, you know. Um, Owensboro is not Evansville. Right. Oh, I know that, but I but you could say it's thirty minutes outside of Evansville or something, and somebody yeah. might know that better than. Um, they're going to know Owens, but actually we're, I'm going to brag a little, we're oh. the fourth largest city in Kentucky. Um, really? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I always describe when people ask where it is, I say we're two hours north of Nashville. Yeah. And we're two hours west of Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Yeah. So people usually know Louisville and they know Nashville. So it's just a, you know, it's a great way to describe where we are, but it's a very, um, it's actually really, I mean, we're very much a sports community, but yeah. we're also very much an arts community um, to be our size, to have all that we have. I also notice you're about maybe, what, 30 minutes south of Santa Claus? Yes. <laughs> what? Why, why? Is that Indiana or is that? Uh... Yeah, it's Santa Claus, Indiana. Okay. And um, it's been the town of Santa Claus for, I 
I can give you the history, but I, I go to Santa Claus quite a bit or go through Santa Claus quite a bit. Yeah. I have a friend that lives near there. Um, but they have Holiday World there, which is a, an, it's, it was the United States first amusement park. Wow. Back then it was Santa Claus land. And then now they have all the holidays. So, or most of the holidays. So now it's Holiday World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have well, had some of the best roller coasters in the world. Okay, well, I have to, I'm gonna need to check that out because oh, there go my dogs. Uh, that means an Amazon package is here. Um, that's good. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna get you out of here on this. Uh, okay. I always like to ask. I don't want to call you an outsider necessarily. We'll call you Pony Boy, but um, but uh, I I always like to ask people that aren't really familiar with Texas. Uh, and are more associated with something outside of Texas. Let me put it that way. What is what is a um, uh, a stigma that that Texans might have about theater outside of Texas uh, that you think we might have? We've created. We've we've come up with in our own brains um, that you would love to kind of put a kibosh to that says, you know, there there is something outside of Texas, other than Broadway, obviously, that exists, that is doing great work. And I know you kind of alluded to Owensboro has a great uh, arts um, community and stuff. So is there something that, and there may be nothing uh, in your mind, but is there something that you think that we, uh, this big country of ours known as Texas, think uh, about outside of our state that you would love to try to Maybe say, hey, this actually isn't necessarily true. Well, you know, um, I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but I always find it very interesting when um, wherever my children went to college, there was always somebody in the theater department from Texas. You know, because, you know, I have former students at the University of Evansville and there are students from Texas. And it's just, you know, I, I find it interesting that a lot of them are leaving Texas <laughs> to come to other states. So clearly we have opportunity and skill in our states, um, equitable to that of Texas. And, um, and then I think it's great when they return to Texas to, to give back. I think that's fantastic. But I just find it interesting that, you know, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what the big theater schools in Texas are. I wouldn't have any understanding of that, but I can t- tell you, you know, that University of Evansville is one of the top schools. I can tell you University of Michigan and Webster and, you know, um, I can acknowledge those because when I think of theater in Texas, I think of high school theater. I don't think of college or professional theater. Um, And I think that's, again, I don't know that I really answered your question, but that is sort of when I think of theater in Texas, that's what I think of. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Well then I'm going to let you do this. Uh, you're, you said you're two and a half years out yes. of retiring. What are you most looking forward to uh, when you retire? Figuring out what I'm going to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I always say that I have two and a half years to decide. I am not someone who's going to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. I, I, I've never been able to do that. So I am going to look for a job where I can be told what to do. And I can do it and then I can go home and I don't have to think about my job and I don't have to be in charge of kids or, <laughs> and I can direct when I want to, yeah. as opposed to directing because I have to produce this many shows a year. Right. 
And that's something I'm really, really looking forward to as much as I have loved being an educator. There are times your brain just, yep. the creativity is, is shot because you're doing so many shows right. and, um, and, and that's okay. You make it work, but I'm kind of looking forward to a period of time in my life where I can pick and choose and I can direct because I want to, not because I have to. Right. My new wig.